Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. Faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in a thrilling adventure, Murder Masquerade. The Green Hornet strikes again. For our story, here's an important announcement. The Merchant Marine needs thousands more seamen to take fighting men and vital equipment to allied seaports. Today, the Merchant Marine faces a serious shortage of experienced seamen, mates, engineers of all classes, able-bodied seamen, radio telegraphers, firemen, oilers, and water tenders, cooks, and bakers. During the next three months, the recruiting rate must be increased to 5,000 experienced men every four weeks. The Merchant Marine offers the experienced seaman a chance to be in on the kill. Immediate battlefront service. Apply at once by wiring collect to U.S. Merchant Marine, Washington, D.C. You may also register at War Shipping Administration offices or the U.S. Employment Service. And now, the Green Hornet. Slayer walked in sullen silence toward the yawning door of the death house. At his side was a preacher wearing a long black cloak and usual clerical type hat. The guards strained to listen as the preacher spoke to the doomed prisoner. One of your friends phoned me and said you wished me to come to you. Yet you refused to listen to what few words of comfort I've tried to give you. Okay, so I changed my mind. Prayers won't get me out of this jam, see? Prayers can bring peace of mind to a tortured soul, my friend. These last few moments of your life should be spent in making peace with your maker. I ain't worrying. Why should you? <laughs> I'm the one who's going to the hot seat. And how I go is my business, mister. You have my sympathy. Not because of what is about to happen to you in the last moment on earth. But because you and you alone are willing to destroy your own soul. Repent, my friend, before it is too late. I ain't dead yet. Time enough to worry about that when I am, see? <laughs> if you believe in miracles, 
Maybe you'll see one happen. Who can tell? No, I ain't dead yet. Seated among the witnesses in the death house, Ed Lowry, star reporter on the Daily Sentinel, moved nervously in his chair as he heard the approaching steps. What's the matter, Ed? Feeling squeamish at the last minute? Oh, they're coming. And I don't mind saying I'd rather be someplace else than here to watch Hatton die. But our public's got to know all about his last moments. So here I am. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. Thanks. Sit down, Hatton. We'll have to strap you in. Ah, hold your horses. I ain't in any hurry, buddy. He's mm, sure a hard-boiled cuss. Look at how he's staring at the preacher. Yeah. I wonder what he's thinking of right now. That's something we'll never know, fellas. All right, Hatton, come on. Sit down. Sure, sure. <laughs> After all, it's my funeral, ain't it? Well, what do you know? Listen to him making wisecracks, would you? Believe me, no one can say he... Hey, what the... The light! Something's happened to the light! Grab Hatton! I got him! Help me hold him! What's happened? Who got hit? Darned if I know. I can't see a thing. Light a flashlight, somebody! Quick! I got one! Light it down here. I'm kneeling on that. Hey, holy smoke! Man alive, that's the preacher on the floor. Hey, Hatton's gone. He knocked the preacher out and took his cloak and hat. I'll phone and spread the alarm. Hey, I've got to get to the center. God's dead. Somebody must have cut off the power line and the phone's from the outside. Quick, go tell him to stop the emergency power dynamo. Spread the alarm. Quick! I sure put it over, Slug. With your help. I warned him a miracle might happen. Jumping catfish, Joe. You're sure a cool one. Uh, how'd you get through the guard at the main gate? Easy. Just as I reached there, they got the lights going somehow. But they were kind of dim light. I walked up to the crummy guard and said, May heaven bless you, my friend. He just sort of bowed a bit and opened up to let me through. And I hightailed it to your car. I guess they didn't get the alarm sped till we got well away. I didn't hear no sirens or nothing. I read and spiked the units as soon as they cut the lines. They wasn't taking no chances. That preacher came in handy. Now you know why I wanted you to send him in to me. That particular one, I mean. I've seen him around there wearing that long cloak and that big hat, so it gave me ideas. The prison chaplain wouldn't have been any use, see? I told him you wouldn't have anyone else, so he said he'd go over. <laughs> Guess he thought you wanted his kind of religion, eh, Joe? <laughs> yeah. All he got for his trouble was a smack on the kisser. I'll bet he ain't in the mood to give me any blessings right now. You mean you slugged the preacher? Sure, why not? He was hanging on to that cloak of his, and I had to work fast. That ain't good socking the preacher, Joe. That ain't good. Ah, dry up, will you? It saved me from the hot seat, didn't it? Yeah, it still ain't good. The preacher ain't like any other mug. Uh, I mean, guy, Joe. Forget it, you dope. Now that I'm out, I got other things to think about, see? You better lay low for a while, Joe. I'll lay low. After I do a payoff job and a couple of jerks I got it in for, I got to get that settled up first. Who are you talking about, Joe? Look, Slug, you and Red and Spike are my pals, see? I ain't forgetting what you've done helping me get out. That is, I ain't forgetting as long as you play my way. Oh, sure, sure, Joe. But what's that got to do with the payoff job you was talking about? Just this. You guys are going to help me if I need you, which I maybe won't. But the first thing I start planning when we get to the city is to hunt down two sneaking wheels and give them the business. One is that shyster prosecuting attorney. 
And the other's that troublemaking Green Hornet. Meantime, Britt Reed, young man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in his office talking to Michael Axford, one of his Sentinel reporters. Hatton was slated to be electrocuted at 9 o'clock. We should be getting a story from Lowry soon. It's uh, 10 after 9 now. You know, Reed, I'm sure glad it was Ed Lowry who was sent on that assignment. I don't want to go watching anyone die, no matter who it is. I know how you feel, Mike. But Joe Hatton really had it coming to him. Yeah, so he did, Reed. Ah, he was a bad one. May his soul rest in peace, uh, since we're speaking about the dead. Well, he gave the news, the Sentinel, plenty of news during his lifetime. Mostly murders at that. Sure, and twas myself that covered his trial. That I did. And I recollect the commotion he caused when he was sentenced. Commotion? Sure. Don't you remember? He shook his fist at the prosecuting attorney and said he'd get him if he had to tear down the prison walls to do it. Oh, that. Yes, I remember. Uh, it was just a bit of grandstand play on Haddon's part, Mike. It goes to show that a person like... Hello? Listen, boss, this is Lowry. Yes, Ed, what is it? I just gave him a story to the rewrite, and then I had him connect me with you. Will you hear what happened? Oh, don't keep me waiting. Spill it, Ed. Joe Hatton made a break from the death house. He got away. Hatton got away? How on earth did... Uh, well, it's a long story, boss. You can read it in the Sentinel. Uh, Gunnigan will have an extra out on it. Okay, Ed. I'll get the facts from him. I'll see you later, boss. So long. Goodbye. What is it, Reed? What about Hatton? Lowry says Hatton escaped. Expert, you better tip off Sergeant Burke in case he's forgotten about Hatton's threat to that attorney. Uh, Mr. Oliver, I think his name was. Yeah, that was his name, all right. I'll get Burke on the phone right away, Reed. And then I'll beat it down to cop's headquarters and see what uh, turns up. Believe me, Reed, he'll be hopping mad when he hears that news. That he will. Later that evening, Hatton and Slug were in a hideout on Water Street, talking. Looks like Red and Spike ain't gonna show, Slug. Did you tell him to meet us here? I told him I'd bring you here. And I guess they decided to lay low for tonight. Ah, uh, they're just a couple of scary dopes. If they think I'm gonna sit around and wait to do what I came to do, they're wacky. Hey, Joe, you ain't planning on doing anything tonight, are you? You hit it right on the button, Slug. No time like the present, see? But the cops will be watching, Joe. I told you they had a guy guarding Oliver's dump. I seen him when I drove by there a while ago, just like you told me to. So what? Maybe they did send a copper out there just because Oliver's shaking his boots since he heard the news. But they won't be expecting me to try to pull off anything right away, see? But how are you going to get to Oliver with that guy watching? I got it all doped out. Look at here. A mask. Hey, what did you... Hey. That looks like the mask of the Green Hornet. You don't say. What do you think it's supposed to look like? I made this in my spare time. Stuck it in my pants pocket. After they frisked me for the hot seat. Gee, you thought of everything, didn't you? Yeah, everything. If there's any witnesses to my settlement with Oliver, they'll swear the Green Hornet bumped them off. The coppers will think the Hornet's working with me. And he'll be hunted for murder like they're hunting me. And get the hot seat if he's ever caught. How are you going to work it, Joe? Since you're lucky enough to have a phone in the joint, I'll show you right now. Listen. I'll get it, Dad. Hello? Is this the home of Mr. Perry Oliver? Yes. This is Mary Oliver speaking. Just a moment and oh, I'll no, call. Oh, no, wait. You can take the message. All right. What is it? 
I'm calling from cops, uh, I mean police headquarters. Tell your father Hatton's been caught so he won't have to worry. Oh, I'm so relieved. Sure, sure, of course. And will you tell the, the policeman that's up there he can come back to headquarters now? Yes, yes, I'll tell him. And thank you so much for calling. That's okay, sister. Uh, I mean, Miss Oliver. Goodbye. Goodbye. Who was that, Mary? It was someone from police headquarters, Dad. He seemed so embarrassed when I answered the phone. Well, what did he say? Oh, yes. He said Hatton's been caught. Isn't that good news? It certainly is. My life wasn't worth two cents as long as he was at large. I'm so glad for your sake, Dad. Now I have to go give a message to the policeman out front. He isn't needed here anymore. Hi, Sarge. Hi, Axford. Hi there, Cassidy. Hello, Cassidy. I was just... Hey, what's the idea of strolling in here with your hideout stuff when you're supposed to be out at Oliver's place? Well, the Oliver girl came out and said somebody phoned from here and said to come back here. That you, that you caught Hatton. What? what? Well, sure, that's what she said, Sarge. I so know, I, just... I know. So you came away and left the place wide open for that killer to get an Oliver. Get a squad car quick, Cassidy. Squad car? That's what I said, numbskull. Get it in a hurry. That phone call was a trick. Nobody called from here at all. Get going. Oh, sure. Right away, Sarge. Saints, please, service. It must have been that killer Hatton himself who called there. For once, we agree, Axford. Come on. Let's hope we're in time to prevent a murder. Now, Dad, you've read long enough. Why don't you go up and get a good night's rest? You've had worry enough to need it. I'll go in a moment, Mary. I thought a little reading would relax my mind after the scare over Hatton. I don't mind admitting I was a bit worried while he was loose. I was too, Dad. Any man who could make the escape he did tonight would be likely to find a way to... Dad. What's the matter? The door. I I thought I saw the handle turning. I'm sure that... It must be your imagination, Mary. Oh! What the... A masked man. How did you get in here? I have ways, Mr. Oliver. You, you're the Green Hornet. The Hornet? Why do you come here like this? What do you want? I'm here to settle a score for a friend of mine, Oliver. Put down that gun. <laughs> Scared, huh? I'll put the gun down after I've used it. On you, Oliver. No, I won't let you. Get away from me, you sheep Mary! I won't let you harm him. Oh, bite my hand, will you? Oh, Are you dirty? Oh. All right, Oliver. This is for you. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. Every dollar contributed to the National War Fund does a three-way job, helping our fighting men, our allies, and our neighbors on the home front. To our fighting forces, the War Fund means the continued operation of 3,000 USO clubs and units and USO camp shows to entertain our soldiers and sailors in every combat zone. To our fighting allies, the fund means shipments of food and clothing for those whose lands were stripped by the Nazi invaders before their retreat. And to our neighbors on the home front, it means the maintenance of countless services vital to community health and welfare. Even after victory in Europe, there will still be urgent need for the services provided by national war fund agencies. Give generously. This is the only appeal to be made this year. And now, back to our story. (laughs) 
Britt Reed left his office in the Central Building and went back to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet, was waiting. A short time after Britt Reed's arrival, the phone rang. Miss uh, Britt Reed's apartment? Hello, Cato. This is Mike Axford. Is Reed home? Yes, Miss Britt home. For you, Miss Britt. Who is it, Cato? It's Miss Axford. Mike Axford, huh? Hello, Axford. What's on your mind? Plenty, Reed. I just called the news into the Sentinel, and I thought you'd like me to tell you firsthand. Tell me what? About what happened. That's what. Sure, and poor Sergeant Burke's about crazy. That he is. If he gets through this night without busting the blood vessel, <laughs> it'll be a miracle that it will be. <laughs> Look, Axford, if Burke's going crazy, he ought to be in a sanitarium. And if he's sick, he should go home to bed. But frankly, I'm not the least interested in Burke's health one way or the other. If you call me just to now tell me that... Hold on, Reed. Hold on. Suffering snakes. You don't think I called you just to talk about Burke, do you? Stop beating around the bush, Mike, and get to the point or hang up. Now, Reed, is that any way to talk to the... Axford. All right, all right. I'm getting to the point if you listen a minute. You know that lawyer, Oliver, the one who... I know. What about Oliver? Well, to begin at the beginning, Reed, Twas this way. You see... Cassidy was up there. Well, tell me, in as few words as you can, what about Oliver? Oh, Oliver. Well, Reed, he was shot down a while ago in his home. Oliver murdered? That's right, Reed. And his daughter saw it happen, that she did. Was it heaven? Nope. Just lay back your ears and listen to this. It was none other than the Green Hornet. The Green Hornet? Did she say that? Sure. She and her father both recognized him by his mask. Reed, he's in cahoots with Hatton. What? I see. Well, Mike, you stick along with Burke in case anything else turns up. Uh, maybe before the night's over, the police will have a lot more on both Hatton and the Hornet. Sure, Reed. The cops are laying for both of them. I'll be seeing you later. So long. Goodbye, Axford. What happened, Mr. Breen? Cato, Oliver, the lawyer who prosecuted Hatton, has been shot by someone posing as the Green Hornet. Oh, not good. Make Hornet out to be murderer. Who do you think do such thing, Mr. Breen? I'm not sure. They have a pretty good idea, Cato. Hatton had it in for Oliver and also for the Hornet. This is probably his way of getting back at both. Police not able to find Hatton? No. In order to clear the record of that murder charge and to see that Hatton the killer gets what he deserves, it's time for the real Green Hornet to take a hand in the game. Come on. We'll pick up the mask and gas gun, then we'll go out in the Black Beauty. Hatton's pull one fast, one too many. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. The wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. Meantime, back in their hideout, Hatton and Slug gloated over an extra edition of the Daily Sentinel. <laughs> See, Slug, what did I tell you? Look at that headline. Perry Oliver shot by Green Hornet. I knew I'd get away with it. You get away with it, all right. But don't forget they're still hunting you. You better lay low a while now. Sure, I will. 
After I pull one more job, Slug. Tonight? Why not? The later it is, the better. What are you thinking of now? I need dough. Plenty of it, see? So while I got this hornet mask, I'm going to get some. And he'll get the blame for that, too. Where are you going to get it, Joe? There's a small loan bank at 3rd and Water Streets. They ought to have some dough in the safe. You can drive me up there and we'll get it, see? Count me out this time, Joe. I ain't going. I'm counting you in, see? And you are going. Okay. Okay, I'll go with you, Joe. Put away that rod. All right. Well, I'll put it away. But remember, you're in this mess as deep as I am. So no funny business. Hey, now wait a minute, Joe. You're wanted for a killing. Me? I, I ain't never gone in for that. I'll stow the chatter. When you hang out with a killer, you take the same rap he does if you get caught. You're hanging out with me, ain't you? Sure. Sure, I'm hanging out with you, Joe. And let's get going. After tonight, I'll lay low and take it easy for a while. Come on. We'll hang another crime on that sneaking green hornet. You can stop right near the corner on this side street, Slug. Okay, Joe. Just as you say. This is it. Wait here. Keep your eyes open for cops. And be ready for a fast getaway, see? I get you, Joe. Good. I'm going up that alley and in the back way. Be back in a little while. Well, I gotta take what he gets if we get caught, huh? And him wanted for more than one murder. He must think I'm a dope. Then I'll show him how smart I am. I'll go around the corner to a drugstore and phone the cops at the Hornets in the loan place. They'll nab Joe and get him out of my hair once and for all. A short time later, Britt Reed and Cato were driving along Water Street in the Black Beauty several blocks away from the corner of 3rd and Water Streets. Not have any luck finding clue to whereabouts of killer, Mr. Brink? No, kiddo. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack. I hate to give up the search, but... Uh, with nothing to go on, we might as well go back to the apartment. Something coming over radio. It's set for police calls. Listen. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Green Hornet said to be entering small loan bank at 3rd and Water Streets. Green Hornet entering small loan bank at 3rd and Water Streets. That is all. Okay, though, that's it. Hatton's going to get something he's been aching for all evening. A showdown with a real Green Hornet. We've got to get there before the police. Step on it, Cato. Easy, does it? Not a scram out of here. Guess everything's okay outside. Slug ain't been in the racket so far. Yeah, this door will give me a chance. You'll never to... get a chance to use that door, Hatton. Hey, what the? Who's that? Shine your light over here by the door. You, a Green Hornet. Yes. And I notice you have a mask on similar to mine. So what? It's just a gag, anyhow. Yeah. It's no gag when you use it as a cover-up to commit murder. You won't escape the chair a second time, Hatton. Get out of my way! You're not using that gun on me. I'll get you. It's the last thing I do. You got it coming, you double-crossing snake. That was close, Mug. 
That's close enough. Now you take it. No, no, wait, hold it. This door. I'll, I'll give you half. I'll gas. Gas gun. No. Oh. I hear shots. You all right? Yes. And at last I've got Hatton. Let's go. Police coming. Yeah, I hear them. Help me carry him. We're going to put him in the Black Beauty and dump him right off at police headquarters. Come on, hurry. Sleep around here. I'd like to know. All right, I'm coming. Hold your horses. Reed, I got Sergeant to drive us over here because I oh, know you, you want to know about with that. Believe me, there was sure sure you you knew how close we come to getting that horn. You'd be surprised. Hey, come on in. <laughs> Stop trying to outtalk one another. Uh, sure, come on in, Sarge. Hello. <laughs> well, what's this all about? Well, you see, Reed. We was cruising around in the squad car with Sarge when we got a call on the radio. Yeah, it was telling that the Hornet was entering a loan bank at 3rd and Water Street, so we beat it and down what do you there. think, Mr. Reed? We got there just in time to see the Hornet car speeding away. <laughs> Say, take it easy, you fellas. You come around here waking a guy out of a sound sleep, and then you all talk at once without making any sense. Shouldn't if it's sense you want, listen. We lost track of the Hornet car and went back to headquarters. And what do you think? There was a mug with a mask on lying right on the front step. No. Sure. We thought he was the Hornet, so we dragged him inside. Was he the Hornet? Well, he wore a Hornet mask. Mike, the suspense is terrific. Oh, no, I'll tell you, Mr. Reed. When we took off his mask, it turned out to be Hatton. Hatton? The escape killer? None other. And right on his forehead was a seal, boss. A seal of the Green Hornet. And what's more, we had Miss Oliver come down to look him over. She showed us where she bit him on the left hand when he killed her father. Then, uh, the police are satisfied it... Wasn't the Green Hornet who shot Oliver, eh? Oh, sure, it was Hatton wearing a Hornet mask. But that seal and the fact that he was gassed and all proved the real Hornet was mixed up with Hatton somehow. Then they must have had a fallen out over the lone bank, though, for neither one got it. It was lying on the floor of the bank. Amazing. Ain't it, though? Uh, Hatton squealed on his pals, too. The cops rounded him up in no time. Oh, my. Oh, I better get back to bed. Bead, <sighs> you'll pardon me for saying so, but I don't for the life of me see how you can take it. Sitting in that office all day and wasting your time evenings in nightclubs or sleeping. When there's so many exciting things going on, you society people don't get in on. Soon you must be bored beyond words. Well, I guess even the Green Hornet gets bored at times, Mike. <laughs> Listen to that. Reed, you're the last person in the world who'd ever even guess anything about the Hornet. Ain't that the truth now? Uh, you said it. Well, as they say... For ignorance is bliss, as folly to be wise. <laughs> I'm sure that applies to all of us. Thank <laughs> you.
Volunteering for a dangerous battle mission, Lieutenant Eugene C. Steele found himself alone and well ahead of his tank column. Bouncing over uncharted roads through a hail of enemy artillery and mortar fire, Steele blazed a path for his troops. And when an anti-tank shell ripped into his armored car and Eugene Steele was killed, his men fought on. The column didn't quit, but stormed and captured the objective. For his inspired leadership, Lieutenant Eugene C. Steele has been posthumously awarded the Silver Star. Lieutenant Steele and his men didn't quit, and we won't quit either. We'll buy all the bonds we can possibly afford, and then we'll buy just one more. Speed V-Day on its way. Buy another war bond. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Hyde speaking. This is the Blue Network.